You're listening to The Book Alchemist, and this podcast is for you if you love reading. Life is too short for shit books, so we only talk about books that are deserving of a recommendation to a friend. I'm your host, Heather Sutty, and our guests are from all walks of life, and I'm super excited to welcome Julie Bryson. Julie is an avid reader who loves cooking, and she writes a baking column in Scotland's biggest-selling Sunday Mail. We discuss Sophia Loren, Anne of Green Gables, The Beauty of Cookery Books, and Moat Brain Dumfries, The Birthplace of Peter Pan. Julie Bryson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Heather. Right. I know that you love reading and you also love writing because you're a journalist. Let's talk about your Sunday Mail column to begin with because you are an amazing baker and you brought me a treat today. Freshly baked shortbread, (laughs) just for you. Thank you so much. Have you always been into baking? I've always been into baking. I think the earliest memory is probably when I was about eight or nine, I started baking with my mum. I used to help her with making, we always had a Sunday dinner and... It's not just a, I'm not just a keen baker, I just love cooking. And I'd baked with her very early age. She was very much a natural cook and she didn't have, well, people didn't then have many cookbooks. She had the Bureau book, which is still my mm-hmm. favourite one. Is that the flower one? Yeah, yes, yeah, the one you get free, you just pay for the postage, I think, and you can still get that. <laughs> yeah, can you? And Yes, you can, and I, I still use it a lot. And I've got an up-to-date one. And that was really all she had. They didn't have, I think maybe around that era, people would maybe have had a Mary Berry or a Delia, but my mum didn't have anything. As, uh, she'd have thought those were a bit too... Exotic? Too, yeah, too exotic, a bit too glamorous for her. So definitely learned from my mum. That's amazing. I remember my gran used to make meringues and my gran lived on her own in this tiny one-bedroom flat in Coatbridge and she lost her husband at a very early age and she used to make these amazing meringues but she had the tiniest baby belling mm-hmm. oven and I don't know how she managed to do it and they were always amazingly she never had a bad batch and I just don't know because there's a real technique to baking isn't there there is but it's funny because there's a lot of people who say they can't do meringues they think it's difficult and yet there's other people like your your you know your gran who were knocking with no problem mm-hmm. in a tiny wee oven and so it's it's quite funny when some people just have it as their and they don't think twice you probably didn't think twice didn't uh-huh. have to look up a book for the recipe could just do it in her sleep I think I I believe that people have a natural gift for cooking and baking like you know, cookbooks and recipe books are brilliant, but really, I think there's a real knack to it. Do you think that? I think there is. I think you're what my my husband Paul. He's is a very good cook, but he would say himself he needs a recipe and he needs to follow a recipe. And where I can go into the fridge and just make something really nice for dinner out of what when it looks like you've got nothing left. I'm I'm more of a kind of freewheeling cook like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a I do really think there's a real knack to that. So your love of baking means that you now have a column in Scotland's biggest selling Sunday mail. What's it like doing different recipes every single week? Like tell me, do your family love it? Do they get the remnants or how does it work? Um my mum loves them. She makes she lives down in Dumfries, so we don't live near near each other but she makes nearly always makes unless it's something she really doesn't fancy she nearly always makes it and she quite often tells me if she found something tricky or if she thinks I didn't explain something clearly and she's 85 and still still (laughs) happy to nag me and (laughs) the but it's it's great fun and I particularly like doing things that are quite topical like I'm working I usually do them about a month in advance and this weekend I'm thinking about doing we're going to do a a Macmillan coffee morning special things that are easy to carry and transport 
at the moment I'm trying to do everything within the kind of cost of living context because mm-hmm. everyone's struggling and cutting their costs. And what the first thing you're going to cut, you know, is sweet treats. But mm-hmm. so quite often I'm bearing that in mind with recipes at the moment. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about publishing a book of all your wonderful recipes? Often, often. And the one thing I, I, I don't have a great knowledge of is the world of publishing. And I think, I believe it's a, a very long process and I would love to do that. But sometimes I look at the, the books and think, you know, in the bookshop and think that's the last thing the world needs is another baking book. So, yes, I would love to. There's a, an author called Claire Andrews who I came across recently and she has written a book um, about air frying. I think I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't have an air fr- Oh, no, you don't have one either. <laughs> Mr. Scrumptious <laughs> might be getting an air fry from Santa, but we, we were undecided on it. He was, um, he's recently been, had to give up gluten. So we're looking for a way to kind of compensate for those kind of tastes that you're losing with that, the crispy things. And he loves chips. I don't eat chips. So that's the thing where the air fryer would be, mm-hmm. would be great for him. So I'm just undecided as to whether I want a big bit of equipment in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, but anyone I know who's got one raves about it. I know, I'm the same. And this author, um, it's her first book and, you know, she does everything from cookies to... Yeah, cheese toasties. Oh, you seem to be able to do anything. The whole yep. thing. And yep. I just think, oh, but I'm a bit like you. I'm undecided. I don't have space in the kitchen. Like I don't actually know where I would put it. But I think in terms of getting a publishing deal I think you should just self-publish Julie do you think that's the way forward oh, I do I mean there's lots of authors that you and I um probably have come across in the in the book group and um, book face and I think you should just go for it I might I might think about that I do remember when I first started the column Paul saying to me oh every week so that's going to be and I said I'll do it for a year and if they wanted to ditch it if I found it too much we would you know agree to to end it however Nobody wanted to end it. And he said at the start, 52 recipes, that's quite a lot. And that number, I just thought, oh, jinx, that really is a lot. And now, of course, I've done it for five years. So I do have quite a good back catalogue. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I think also because people are so supportive of self-published authors, you know, I meet lots of self-published authors. Um, People will support you. And, you know, there's some real success stories from people who are self-published. And I think the average number that, it's good for someone who's self-published to sell. And this is just a general number. This isn't specifically for recipe books or cookery books. It's about 250. But if you were selling, you know, them at £10 a head, that's, you know, I think, because you've you've done all the work, haven't you? You've got all the assets. That's true. And the only thing I would be looking for is to say, oh, I've got a book. I wouldn't really care if if it's sold or not. Uh It would just be lovely to have a book. Uh And I think also I love buying recipe books and cookery books for people. Um, I mean, I have probably about mm, 70 or 80 cookbooks that are literally ornaments in my kitchen. (laughs) You know, they just gather dust because I buy them. You know, I'll buy like the Hummingbird Bakery book or I'll buy New York Daily type things just because I love... How many times do you you do cook something from the books? (laughs) Never. Literally never. (laughs) Literally never. Is that because I've got no air fryer recipes? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're they're ornaments, but I just love looking at them. I think cookbooks do make beautiful gifts sometimes and they're becoming more and more about the pictures rather than the, the recipes. Quite often, I try to be very strict. If I buy a new cookery book... I always throw one out or, or give one away. I try mm-hmm. to do that so I don't have loads. But I do like quite odd cookery books as well. I love, and I've got a great one, and it was written in the 70s by Sophia Loren. Oh, wow. And it's called Eat With Me, I think. Oh, is it Pasta Central? It's 
Pastor Saint has got very, very 70s saucy pictures of Sophia Loren as well, wearing, <laughs> it's it's quite something to see. And so I love finding really quirky books like that. I just love, and that's not, you're not buying that to cook anything from uh-huh. them, although I'm sure the recipes are great. Yeah, that's, um, that's so funny because I have a similar thing with Joan Collins. Like, I love Joan Collins, so I will read anything that she writes whether I mean she's not written any cookery books but she has written you know like health books beauty books diary books things like that and it's just lovely to have books around you that aren't the latest Jamie Oliver or Nigella or whoever definitely definitely and I do think one of my my tips for cookery books is to just buy them in the charity shop take them home take a picture on your phone with any recipes you want and then give them back to the charity shop and then you're helping the charity shop Twice, really, and you're recycling. I love that. Absolutely love that. So when you're not cooking at home for your family or baking for your Sunday meal column, do you have time to read other types of books? I read all the time. And I do think that that I only read fiction. That's probably because I'm a sub-editor to trade. And I think I read so much non-fiction at work, it's the last thing I want to read. (laughs) The only non-fiction I really like is food memoirs and... Um, the first, I think it was a, a kind of new kind of cookbook, but Nigella's How to Eat was the first time I can remember that somebody brought out a book where it was about recipes and you could also read it as a book. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading it at night, like I would read a book, and that's the first time I remember that. She wasn't the first one to do it, of course not, but that's, and I still love that as a non fiction book. Um, so, but I read all the time. I read all the time. What are you currently devouring? I'm currently devouring a after saying that about non-fiction books, I'm reading <laughs> a, a biography of Queen Victoria by Lucy Worsley. From the, oh, yeah, I've not and, read anything by her, but I know who she is, the TV presenter. Yeah, I love really anything about Victorians and uh, Queen Victoria. And I did get a, a huge biography from the library and I looked at it and I just it just looks a bit too much. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I would do the kind of um, kind of the cheap and cheerful one first. Nice one. And I love the fact you use your local library. Which one is that? Mern's Library. Yes, I'm a a library user still. Super. When it comes to reading at home, you have a young daughter. Do you read with her? I do sometimes read with her. She has um, complex needs and isn't able to to read as as other children can. Um, But she does love books and her Favourite one was definitely The Room in a Broom by Julia Donaldson. That was her favourite one, definitely. And we've we've recycled that outfit for Halloween World Book Day a lot to the, the witch from that. <laughs> Do you know, I'm so gutted that World Book Day is not for adults. I know, I know. <laughs> We'd love to dress up on World Book Day. What would you dress up as? Um, oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Oh, probably... We see, I love biographies. So that's probably my sort of favourite genre of books if you like in terms of characters oof, you've really got me there I think I would be Mrs Danvers from Rebecca oh yes from Daphne du Maurier's book yeah yeah she's so she's so creepy she is very very creepy have you seen the film yes yeah it's one of my favorite books it's amazing isn't it um I absolutely loved that book and I came to it very very late gosh you've now really thrown me on the world book day adult question that's so clever that you asked me that I will have a think and I will let you know. Yes, you have to let me know. <laughs> so you mentioned Julia Donaldson. Um, you recently came across Julia Donaldson in real life, didn't you? Well, she'd visited um, 
yesterday I had the great honour of being named a trustee of Mopbray Museum in Dumfries, which is the birthplace of Peter Pan, where GM Barry was inspired to write it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful museum that was, actually the bulldozers were ready to go in and it was saved at the 11th hour by a campaign, including Joanna Lumley, who was very much involved. And at the time, I don't think she's really involved now. And it's opened up about six years ago. And it's a wonderful place to visit and very close to my heart because I'm from Dumfries mm-hmm. and it's such a nice museum. It's it's like one of those museums of writers where you, it feels like they've just left the room. That's the, the vibe they've got in the house. Mm-hmm. But there's lots for the kids. It's quite old fashioned, I would say, mm-hmm. tr- but they hold great events there as well. And Julia Donaldson just visited last week which was lovely for them. And two little girls were putting on a show in the little kids' stage they've got mm-hmm. and in the house and she watched their show. Oh. And they had, um, they've had they had an exhibition to do with Scottish language and it was I think it's based in Roald Dahl's The Twits and it's called The Egypts. So they've got lots going on. And it's, a, it's just a great... So I feel very, very um, honoured to be a trustee now of Motbray. That's amazing. I will definitely go there. I mean, you I, would love it. You would oh, absolutely love it. I mean, you know, I love reading and I just, I mean, I loved Peter Pan as a wee girl as well. So I didn't even know that that museum was there. That's terrible that I did not know that. It's also the National Centre for Children's Books as well. Okay. So when you were wee, was reading a big part of growing up? Huge part. One of my earliest memories is my dad used to go to the library every week. And growing up in, in Dumfries, I think people forget sometimes when kids these days, if they love David Williams books, if they love a certain type of books, their, their parents will just go in and order them from Amazon and they'll have, you know, all the books that year. But when I was that age, primary age, you only had the access to the books in your house. Mm-hmm. And we had the library and we went, I went every, and at that point, the Dumfries library, there was only a corner in the adult library for kids. Mm-hmm. That's the only, it was a few shelves It was a few shelves, but that certainly started my love of libraries and reading. Same here. When I was growing up, you know... Where did you grow up, Heather? Coatbridge. So it was a Carnegie library. And it's funny because my mum and dad were never big readers, but my dad, uh, since he retired, he loves reading biographies, so he'll read anything that I give him. Um, But as a wee girl, um, we just didn't have disposable income for books. But I used to go to the library on a Saturday or during the winter after school because it was warm and it was, you know, somewhere you could go and hang out with your pals, not necessarily read books. But my favourite books from childhood were things like The Rules of Willoughby Chase, I don't remember that one. I, I read it again recently, actually. It's quite dark. It's about wolves, obviously. A bit like Rebecca, but the characters are children, but there's an evil um, schoolmistress and it's about the, you know, two young girls, basically. One's from a very wealthy background, the other's very poor. She's the poor cousin and she's orphaned and she goes to live with the rich cousin and they have this horrible schoolmistress. So it's about that and about where they live, this really grand home. And I reread it recently and I absolutely loved it. And then the other one that I distinctly remember, can't remember any Nancy Drew or Enid Blyton, but I can remember the turbulent term of Tyke Tyler. I don't remember that either. <laughs> and again, that's another one that I read recently. And it's funny because it, it does take you back. That's, I think that's one of the things that I love about reading. Paul and I were just talking about this because in my interview for the Mowbray Post, actually, the first thing... As an icebreaker, what was your favourite book as a child or what's your favourite children's book? So maybe it's one you like now, you know, but you just mm. didn't know then. And I was, I'm afraid I was an Eaton and Blyton girl. And that was because <laughs> we had a full set of hardback 
Enid Blyton's and dust covers. So we just, Lovely. it was the famous five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a famous five person, not so much the secret siphon. But I also loved the St. Um, St. Clair's and Mallory Towers. Oh, yes. Now that rings a bell. Yeah, I lo- absolutely loved those books. And I think they also started, I don't think Cornwall is ever mentioned, but they were very much, it was Cornwall, but they were set. And that certainly sparked a kind of love of Cornwall for me for going to the place and for books set there. All I remember in my early 20s, devouring Daphne du Maurier books. Mm. And more recently, notes from an exhibition by Patrick Gale, which I just think is one of my all-time favourite books. And I, I also love Cornwall. Mm-hmm. So tell us about Patrick Gale's books. Patrick Gale's, the, what I like about them is, even though you tend to return to authors as a kind of comfort thing, don't you? You know, you, you know you're guaranteed a good read or a kind of style that you like. I think his his vary a lot, but I still think you'll never. They're so readable. I think mm-hmm. they're so readable. But notes from an exhibition, it can be quite quite upsetting sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's and if you like Cornwall, you, you you will love it. Do you know I've never been to Cornwall and I've never read Patrick Gale. So oh, well, that's maybe you put that on your list. Got that to look forward to. Just when you mentioned sort of comfort reading and particular authors that you go backwards and forwards to. That's not something that I've ever really done. Like I've read one or two of Sarah Winman's books. I've read all of Donna Tartt's books, although you have to wait 10 years in between for each of hers. Um, do you have a, a favourite comfort book that you go back to? Like I have, I watched Come Down With Me on the telly and Midsummer Murders with John Nettles. Like what's your comfort read? Anne of Green Gables series. Oh. Every time, every time. And people sometimes say, is that not your favourite childhood book? But I don't know that it's necessarily childhood. I think most people love them all, all their life. And going back to what we were talking about, your access to books when you were growing up, the other thing that you used to do is you would reread books because you, you actually ran out of books. And Paul and I were, again, we're talking about this quite recently. And, and he was saying, when you're at that stage, when you love reading as a teenager, you'll read anything. You'll read the back of a cornflake packet. <laughs> if you go to on holiday, every book in the, you know, the, <laughs> the cottage shelf that they've got. And there's always a, an Agatha Christie. And there's always, you know, it's something you would never normally read. There's always a self-help book. And he said, you'll just read anything yeah. when you're at that stage. And you only had access in, in Dumfries at the time. I don't even think there was a bookshop. Mm. I'm struggling to remember if there was a bookshop. So there was a library and there was the books you had mm. and anything else, you know, if you got gifts, but you didn't have it's not like now mm-hmm. you know, your access to books I think it's lovely that there are now many libraries in telephone boxes local Tesco's you know hotels when you go on holiday I remember one year when I lived in Tanzania I was doing voluntary work and I went to uh, a place called Tanga and I went with two friends who were from Tanzania and we went to the yacht club for a drink of which they were members and they had a pile of books and I had nothing else to do well so I was in Tanzania apart from volunteering and reading um, and I raided the the bookshelves and one of my favourite books was there which was Out of Africa and I must have read it about seven or eight times and I couldn't believe that I came across it because most of the books were in Swahili because I was in Tanzania and I just thought, wow, you know, and it spoke to me and I remember just loving reading it again, even though... Do you know what I find is, certainly as I get older, that I don't think I would reread anything now because I feel I don't have enough time mm-hmm. and now I've got a stack of books waiting for at home, to, you know, and I feel I'm wasting a new book by rereading an old mm-hmm. book. So I've not done that for a long time. Mm. How big is your to-be-read pile? Um, the one beside the, my bed is got, I think, six on it just now. <laughs> six. I'm also a member of a book group just locally, just with um, a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And that's very good because the good thing about a book group is 
you get things that are completely out of your comfort zone and sometimes your heart sinks you think I just don't fancy that at all but you have to read it and there's been a, I read one recently and it was sometimes people die by Simon Stevenson mm -hmm. and I just thought oh my heart sank I just, this is not going to be for me it's a great read it's a terrific read Wow. I love it when you come across books that you wouldn't necessarily read. One of those, which I I can't remember how I came across it, but I read Wonder by R.J. Palacio. So it's a children's about the book. book. About the little boy. Yes. It's about a little, it's a blue cover and it's about a little boy who has a facial. Yeah, yeah there was a film made, wasn't there? Yes, um, the film. Yeah. Um, Owen Wilson's in the film. I'll watch anything he's in. Um, Julia Roberts is in it. I just love him. But the book was brilliant and, and I thought, mm, it's a kid's book. I don't really fancy this. And I read it on a train journey to London. I couldn't put it down and I was so moved by parts of it. I highly recommend it, Julie, if you've not read it. I'll add, add that to the pile. <laughs> um, it's so good. And I remember, you know, just like there's one part of it which is very, very moving and obviously the tears were, you know, like the big, fat, slow tears and the lady that was sat opposite me was like, is everything okay? And I'm like, what's this book? Mascara was all down my cheeks and then when I got to London Houston, I finished it and I passed it on to her and um, we kept in touch because she joined my book group, the one that you're obviously in and she was like, wow, thanks so much. You know, she was the same. It was a kid's book. She just didn't think she would read it um, and she loved it. Isn't that great about your book group, how far it stretches now? Mm -hmm. I know, it's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, the lovely thing about Bookface is because we only trade on great recommendations, it's a really positive, uplifting space. And I just love it because there's people from all walks of life that have so many different tastes. And it's just a lovely community, you know, and it's free for people to join. I don't make any money from it. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm paid to promote books or affiliate links or anything like that. But it's been really, yeah, it's been... And the brunches are fantastic as well. Oh, I just love thanks. them. Really, I'm really so great. glad. I'm so glad you enjoyed them. And it's it's a really positive thing that came out of lockdown. And I'm so glad that, though you know that I started it, because I get to meet and chat to amazing people like yourself <laughs> that love books. So if there was one book that you had come across, have you read Lessons in Chemistry, by the way? Yes. Oh, you didn't like Lessons in Chemistry? Just myself and my hairdresser, Stephanie, didn't like it. We were the only oh, two people who wow. didn't like it. Oh my and gosh. I know everybody's telling us about how we've got to like it. I know. Right. I'm I intrigued because obviously one thing that you have in common with Elizabeth Zott is you bake and you cook. And yeah. the lead character for anyone who's not read Lessons in Chemistry is this scientist called Elizabeth Zott. Um, but she ends up presenting a TV cookery show. But what she does is she uses her knowledge of science to basically try and educate people because she just doesn't want to be a TV chef. So what was it about it that you just didn't? I think what I didn't love about it was I felt there was there was kind of bits in it that were a bit predictable, like when they have, you know, these two geniuses get together and their child's then a genius. And I felt that was a bit kind of lazy, lazy stereotyping a wee bit. And I think part of the blame lies in, I'd just come off, I'd watched that Julia, about Julia Child, oh, with Sarah yes. Lancashire is, and uh, David Hyde Pierce. Yes. And I just absolutely loved that. And of course, about the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe part of the reason why I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe nothing to do with the book. Mm -hmm. I'll mm -hmm. definitely, I think they've just made a film out of it, haven't yes, yeah, they? Yes, they have. It's I will definitely out. go. I will definitely go to see it. But it just wasn't on. I just didn't love it the way everybody loved it. Oh, One of those. It's funny. I feel a wee bit the same way with Nora Ephron. Have you ever read any Nora Ephron? Heartburn. Do you uh -huh. feel like that? Yeah. Well, I, I love loved Heartburn. I loved the film more than the book. book. 
which is weird. Um, but no, they're very different though. The film and the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, that's another that's another type of book that's got uh, recipes in the back, isn't that's it? That's right. That's um, right. And one of the books that I read recently, and if you've not read this, I'm going to get it for you because I loved it. Stanley Tucci's Taste. Yes, I read it. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I one? actually got three copies for Christmas. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> last year. Not one yeah. Bit everyone knows what to buy me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you enjoy that one? Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I've watched this whole series as well. Uh, he's so I just love him. I think he's just I think he's a wonderful actor. Um I love his voice and I loved the fact that he so appreciates the meaning of food and the community and the bringing people together. And I love the fact that he talked so openly about the death of his first wife and his own issues with cancer. But also he wrote a really positive, uplifting story with amazing recipes. Yes, yeah. He's, he's, quite, he's quite inspirational, isn't he? Yeah. So in terms of the one book um, that you would buy someone as a gift, if, if it was a cookery book or a baking book or a special book, it doesn't have to be of that genre, what would it be and why? Well, I always buy when people are if they're convalescing and it was a fellow Bookface member Lana Montgomery who recommended this and I don't think she gave, gave it to me when I was convalescing from anything but it's The Unfortunates by Laurie Graham okay. and it's it's not an outstanding book it's not a book that'll change your life but it's laugh out loud funny and it just takes you to to where it's happening and you just don't you just don't think of anything else but it's just so funny and it's the the heroine is a it's poppy minton and it's just and i always send it to people if they're just had an operation and i think it's a great one and quite often your concentration's not so good after you've had surgery and maybe and you, you don't it doesn't require much of you it doesn't require much of you love the sound of that now to get back to to you and your book because I I really want you to do a book <laughs> what would it be called oh that's a good a good question I think it would maybe just have to be called um scrumptious bakes I think it has to be scrumptious scrumptious bakes and cakes yes I think that's scrumptious bakes and cakes well yeah. if, if you ever need anyone to um, sample the recipe yeah sample you know if you fancy doing a pop-up maybe right. do a book event with your <laughs> There we go. Why That's a great idea. That? A book event. A book and bakes. With cakes. Yes. With cakes. Okay, let's do it. That's an absolutely great idea. Julie Bryson, thank you so much for thank joining me. Thank you for having me. me. You were great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Pay it forward and follow us on Instagram at the.bookalchemist.com.